0: Living by the Spirit or living by the law? What is it that really counts? What is the only thing that counts? Let's talk about that next on Truth For Today with Phil Howard. Hi there and again welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Today, we return to the book of Galatians. Chapter 5, verses 7 through 12 is where we're at. The message simply entitled, The Only Thing That Counts. When it comes to living under grace or law, there are some definitives. Let's get a clear picture, shall we? With today's broadcast of Truth For Today, here's Pastor Phil
1: Howard. Turn, if you will, to Galatians 5. And uh, in chapter 5, it's, you can hear another hinge, as it were, in this book, uh, kind of swing open. The first two chapters, Paul has been defending this great truth of uh, justification by faith in Christ alone, apart from good works and apart from the law, and that was a very uh, con- uh Oh, difficult battle to wage in the church expanding to Gentiles. So he speaks from his own life for two chapters. We call it the biographical part of the book. Chapter 3 and 4, he's in court. He is a classic polemicist. He is a classic uh, uh, apologist for the faith. And my uh, argument upon argument, he has rallied. And now in chapter 5... He's going to introduce us to the ethical part of Christianity. How does Christianity work? But before he launches into it, he recaps in the first few verses, kind of a reaching back and summarizing, and he wants them to be sure, you know, you know, it's not by the works of the law that one's right with God. And the key symbol for that works theology was circumcision. And when he speaks of circumcision, it's not, uh, he's not thinking in terms of hygiene. He's not even thinking in the terms of the Abrahamic covenant. Circumcision was the, you put your flag up that you are a son of the law and you will keep the law And you will achieve a righteousness by the law. So circumcision was the buzzword that sent up all kinds of red flags that I'm under a works method of getting to heaven. I can get there by keeping the law. Whether man-made rules or divine rules, it does not matter. For the law was never given to save. The law never saved anybody. Nobody is ever going to heaven on the basis of keeping the law. Whether that's Old Testament or New Testament. No one has ever been saved by keeping the Mosaic law. So why do we keep having people go under it? Because religious teachings are deceptive so many times. And because in human nature... We all would like to think we could earn it because we're egomaniacs and we think we can measure up. But history and God's word proves over and over we just can't. I'm going to begin with verse 1. We touched upon it last week and go to verse 6. And I want to really emphasize some of the essentials of Christianity. And I want to just select six of them. That is, he said it over and over in the book. And I'm just going to recapitulate them for you before we start launching into the walking in the Spirit and some practical matters. Listen to what he says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. This is the key term in the book of Galatians. It's used, I believe, 14 to 16 times. Liberty, freedom. That's the key, how to be free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And that yoke was going under the law. And he's saying, please do not do this. Do not go there. So then he says, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised... And that means the Galatians were contemplating it. Gentile converts thought they'd believe the gospel. Now they've been uh, duped by these Judaizers who says, the cross work of Christ, that's not enough. That's not enough. You need to uh, add keeping the law, Christ plus law keeping. That was the issue. He says, you are are contemplating this. You haven't done it yet. But if you do, because circumcision stands for a theology, not for a hygienical procedure, a theology of works, if you let yourself go under that, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Four things he says, Christ will have no value to you. That is amazing. Did you know if you put yourself under a work system, Christ's work on the cross will do you no good. This is an astounding thing. Christ himself will do you no good on the day of judgment. For you have appealed to another system in order to be acceptable to God. And the work of Christ will be of no worth to you. Because you have disdained it and pushed it away... For the choosing of a works method. Notice the second thing that will happen. Again, I declare to you, every man who lets himself be circumcised, that he is obligated to obey the whole law. Now, the the carrot stick was, come on, let us circumcise you Gentile converts. And, and then you'll be up to par with us. You, you, you'll have all the bases covered. You, you put faith in Christ. Now get circumcised. No big deal. Come on. That, that's just a physical procedure. Let's go on. Done. said, oh, no, no, no. What they haven't told you is you just signed up for 613 commandments that you've got to obey. Because the law gave us 613 commands. None of us keep the 10 commandments, let alone the 613. And I said, when you do that, it's not the end. You just signed on and you've got to keep all of the law in order to be justified by the law. If you can keep it all, then you can earn a justified righteous status before God, but you can't keep it. It's an amazing thing, he says there. You've got to do it all. It's not just circumcision. You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. And this word, alienated, is a strong word you've been cut off from. Uh, Christ has ceased to be operative in your life. Now, this was a great Jewish problem. Hebrews 6, I believe, when he says that if you fall away from Christ, having been a Jew and you heard the gospel and you decide you're going to return to the temple and you're going to return to the Mosaic law, he said it will be impossible to renew you again unto salvation. You will have sealed your day of doom. You cannot go back to the law without the eternal jeopardy of your own soul. And this is, he made this clear in Hebrews. He made it clear that that would be like you're going to re-crucify the Son of God afresh. Do not go back. Do not go back to the temple. Saying to those early Jews who made professions of faith. And when persecution began to come for their faith. They said... I'm going back to Judaism. And he said, and the moment you do, you will commit an unpardonable sin against the Son. It will be impossible to renew you, for God is going to let you be burned up like he burns up thorns. Don't go back. Don't go back. He says four times. And then he says, for if you do, you are fallen from grace. Now, a lot of people love this verse to teach that you can lose your salvation. Well, I don't think you can lose your salvation because I don't think you ever found your salvation. Did you find God or did God find you? Talk to me. You have not chosen me, I chose you. Did he say that in John 15? If you can lose it, all of us would have surely lost it by now. I had no ability to get saved, and I have no ability to stay saved. You think you do? Well, go ahead. Tell me, start keeping a record of how you're behaving. You can't keep yourself. You can't save yourself. I'm not saying go out here and run in and just start committing all the sin you can. That'd give you proof that you were never saved. People that are saved don't want to sin. They do sin, but it's not the bent of their life. Amen. And we're all guilty, and we're all justified. The falling from grace here is not talking about the loss of salvation. You've fallen from one system of salvation, which is by faith, by grace, in Christ alone. If you go back to the law, if you allow yourselves to be circumcised, you will have fallen from this lofty system of salvation by grace alone. And you will have gone back to a system of works. You never could be saved that way. The Jews weren't being saved by it. So he's in the strongest terms as he's kind of summarizing his argument. Don't go back. You'll alienate yourself from Christ. Don't go back. Christ will be of no profit to you. Don't go back. It's a fall from grace and going right back to works. Don't. Don't let yourself be circumcised on religious grounds. On religious grounds, not health reasons. This is a theology of works that he's fighting. And then he begins to tell them some of the essentials of Christianity. And I'm going to try to capsulize them in six essentials that I see As I've read the book again this morning, and you just see what he's saying over and over, and I would just like to refresh your memories of those six things that is essential Christianity. Listen to what he says in verse 5. But by faith, we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That is a dynamic verse. From people drowning on a thousand different works. And here he just reduces everything. The only thing that really counts is that you have faith towards God. And that you have the kind of faith that works. And you have the kind of faith that is evident in the fact you love God and you love people. Let me give you the six essentials of Christianity. These are it. These are the six essentials. Number one, Jesus Christ alone is our righteousness. Jesus Christ alone is our righteousness. I mean, he has said it over and over again. Chapter one, if you believe anything other than the gospel we gave you, Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried was raised on the third day, was seen of many witnesses, and on the basis of this cross work and his resurrection, he bought our salvation, paid for our sins, bought us an entrance to heaven. Jesus Christ is the object of our faith. You see, the object of your faith is what saves you, not how great a faith you have. Uh, you can have strong faith in a termite-infested bridge. And strong faith in a termite-infested bridge doesn't make the bridge hold you up. But weak faith in a strong object will get you over. I, I used to think my sister Ruth and I, when we, would, my folks would go to San Francisco once in a while, and we'd ride in the back seat of the car and when we weren't pulling each other's hair or fighting, we used to be fascinated as we went on the bridge and especially when we went under the tunnel there on Treasure Island because it looked like uh, those beams were falling in on us. And oh man, we could, get little, we could imagine panic. The bridge is going down. But you know what? All of our childhood fears didn't keep the Bay Bridge from holding us. It's kind of like J. Vernon McGee in the days of twin prop planes. He hated to fly. He'd always go by train. But One time he had to fly over to Phoenix. And they got over there and as they're going over the passes there, they hit some severe turbulence. And uh, McGee said the plane was just uh, like a wild stallion bucking all over in that air turbulence. And he said he was scared uh, buckled in, and he said he looked down the aisle and he saw a guy down there that was just sleeping right through it all. And being the irate Scotsman that he was, it just irritated the daylights out of him. And so when they got off the plane, McGee went up to him and said, I want to know, mister, how in the world you could sleep through a storm when I thought we were going to lose our lives and I don't think you ever opened your eyes. He said, Oh, oh, nothing to it. He said, I flew this plane in World War II. I've been in a lot of severe turbulence. I've been under gunfire. I know this plane could take it. I've got confidence in the machinery. Just because you don't have any confidence is not going to keep me awake. And you know what? What's going to get you and I through is who we have put faith in. Not how strong your faith is. The little woman says, I sometimes tremble on the rock, but the rock never trembles under me. You may tremble on the rock, but the rock won't tremble. And so, saving faith, Paul says over and over, if we try to be. Just- by the law we say Christ died in vain but I was crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ lives in me in the life I live I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me my salvation is in a person a church doesn't save a creed doesn't save a baptismal tank doesn't save a divine person God the son is your ticket to heaven Christ alone and he says it over and over and over. And believe me, this is an anathema gospel in our day. When the, every way leads to heaven. We all are going to get there. We just take different paths to the same place. There's only one way. I am Christ. I am the way To the city. You remember what Christ said? When I send the Spirit, He will convict the world of three things sin, because they don't believe in Jesus Christ, righteousness, the kind that lets you into heaven, and of judgment, what will come to those who never put faith in Christ. So the first thing is Christ alone. Second thing is by the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Is the energizing force of the Christian life. He says in verse 5, we're awaiting through the Spirit for this coming righteousness in which we have hope. He says back in chapter 3, how did you uh, start out your Christian life? By keeping the law? Or by receiving the Holy Spirit. Did you know the Holy Spirit is not the exclusive property of any branch of the church? Sometimes the church world is like kids fussing over toys and saying, Nah, 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 nah. I got something you don't have. Guess what? If you are a believer in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. For no one knows God that doesn't have the Holy Spirit. There is no power in the Christian life apart from the Spirit. What is so wonderful about Christianity, if you come to Christianity, you can turn it into a works religion. Once I put faith in Christ, how do you learn to do all this stuff? Giving, singing, make all the meetings, service. Man, uh, that stuff all looks like a lot of work to me. Looking on the outside in, you could probably convince yourself you could never live this way. And you know what? As long as you're outside, you can't. It's when you're inside and the Holy Spirit gets inside you that Christianity becomes just flying on wings instead of a hard thing to do. The energizing power and force of true Christianity is Christ alone, and through the power of the Spirit. You say you got a hot head. I, I hear believers say, "Oh, I got a temper." Well, good. That means you're alive. Get over it. I've got one too. Well, I, I, I have lust. Well, we all do. It's what, what do you do with it? Is anyone controlling it? Well, I just can't help myself. Well, the Holy Spirit can help you. Or the favorite thing is Pastor Ted and I was talking yesterday. Our marriage just isn't going to make it unless we stay under counseling for the next 20 years. What? You know what? Counseling will never make up for a lack of obedience. Some of you, your problem isn't information. It's obedience. It's doing the Word, not knowing the Word. I know good men that can quote scriptures all day. We used to have an individual in this church that can quote more scripture than any other person. But to keep her from leaving her husband... Because she wasn't obeying the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And Paul's going to unleash the work of the Spirit in this chapter. Walk in the Spirit and you will not do the works of the flesh. And that was before overcomers. That was before psychomania, psychobabble. And all the recipes for success. God says, trust my son and depend on the power of the spirit that will create Christ in you. There is no Christianity without the Holy Spirit. You cannot live this kind of life unless the spirit of God is living in you. And that's why some of you can't get it. You you signed the cards. You went to the baptism class. You may become a member, but you've never been saved because the gift of salvation brings the gift of the Spirit. And the gift of the Spirit is its abiding presence. It's another helper. He came alongside to help us weak people. And he is a magnificent helper. True Christianity does not function without people under the control of the Spirit. That is essential. He says something that's a little tricky here. The third essential. The hope for future righteousness. Let me ask you this. When God saved you, did he impute the righteousness of Christ to you at that time or do you wait to get it? At that time. The moment you believe... He imputes the right. Well, what's this living in hope of righteousness? Well, when scripture uses hope, it's usually talking about the future tense of our salvation.
0: And that will bring us to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our time together, we would invite you to contact us. If you have questions or comments about the broadcast, maybe it's spurred something in your own heart and mind. Maybe you'd like some prayer over something that has come to light in light of today's broadcast. Well, please, by all means, get in touch with us. 855 833 9864 is our phone number. Again, that's 855-833-9864. You're welcome to write to us. You can either stop by our website, drop us an email, or take pen to paper and send off a letter. You can write to us at truthfortodayradio.org if you're going to use the email route. Otherwise, our physical address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue suite 278. We're here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. One other thought as we close out our time together today, we have a matching grant through the end of March. And as long as you send along a donation to Truth For Today, it'll be matched dollar for dollar. Would you please consider that as you contact us and become a partner with us here at Truth For Today? And if it's just a simple thank you for the broadcast, nothing more, well, that means a great deal to us as well. And whether it is a generous donation, a small donation, or a simple thank you for the ministry, please take a moment. Let us know today how the program encourages you in your relationship with Christ. Once again, you can reach us by phone at 855 833 9864 and that address once again is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278 Hercules, California 94547 And as always, truthfortodayradio.org and drop us an email from that location as well. We do thank you for joining us today and trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.